Hello and welcome to episode 17 of Charlie's Music Production Lessons, which is a spin-off of my podcast Composer Quest. I'm Charlie McCarran, and in this show I'll be digging into my own productions in hopes of getting your creative gears turning. I often start a song idea on guitar, but sometimes I add so many layers I have to pick and choose which ones should be highlighted and which ones should be subconscious background layers. In this episode, I talk about my process mixing a commercial soundtrack. This production lesson originally aired in Composer Quest episode 119 with Lisa Wacos Miglesio. For more music production lessons and composer interviews, visit ComposerQuest.com. This week I've been working on a 30-second track for a contest hosted by Unique Sound, who helped us with the Patrick Scriabin quest. In this new challenge, a music supervisor at the ad agency TBWA will be taking a listen to each entry, and one person will win 200 bucks. The challenge is basically to write music that could be used in a commercial, with the following style guidelines. Indie pop, dreamy, electro, and ambient. Oh, and the track also has to start mind-blowing and have an emotional explosion ending. Since there was no video element to this challenge, I just had to picture blobs of brain and heart flying everywhere to capture the feelings they suggested. Since my track's only 30 seconds, I'll play you the full mix, then break it down into its layers. As you can hear, the track is pretty dense, with nine guitar layers, eight percussion layers, four synth layers, and a bass layer. My process involved a lot of iterating, like Lisa was talking about. I'd often record a part that I thought should be prominent in the mix, but when I listened back, I'd decide to either scrap it or lower it in the mix. My initial guitar idea did make it through to the end, although it gets a little drowned out by the other guitars I added. With a little fancy fading here, you'll hear the initial guitar idea spotlighted for a moment. As with most of my guitar layers, I recorded these parts twice and panned them left and right. I've heard conflicting thoughts on that strategy. Some people say it wastes precious frequency space by doubling the same part, but I think it's worth it for the unique stereo image it creates. Next, I added a few percussion parts. It's sometimes tricky to add cowbell because it can stick out like a sore thumb, but in this situation it seemed to work in the mix. I should mention that I have a very rhythmic reverb on the master track, which is most obvious in the percussion layers. Here's what it sounds like without reverb. and with reverb. I added some synth pads to reinforce the chords in the guitar part, and I used sidechain compression to create a pulse. Mm-hmm. 
have a whole production lesson explaining the sidechain compression technique, so you could look for that in episode 6 at composerquest.com slash cmpl. No indie pop track would be complete without a bass part. To me, adding a bass part is like frosting a cake. It makes the whole track way more cohesive and delicious. As a test, I'll play you a little bit of the track without the bass, then bring it in. I decided to make the bass slightly more distorted partway through the track for a little extra energy. Here's what that transition sounds like by itself. I added a few different strummed guitar parts, just strumming one major chord throughout the whole track. The first part is pretty rhythmically laid back. Next, I created a guitar part for the second half that felt like it was double the tempo of the first strummed guitar. I realized piling these similar layers on top of each other might be a waste of oral space, and what I really needed out of the second, more intense layer was the rhythmic hits. So I decided to turn down the second guitar layer and record a new layer on top of it with muted strums, which work more like a percussion layer than a guitar layer. As a side note, if it sounds like the electric guitar and bass are clashing by overlapping the same frequency range, I might take out some low end in the electric guitar and take out some high end in the bass. I did that in this track and it seemed to clean up the mix quite a bit. Next it was time to add some melody parts. I think for commercial music, adding a melody is one of the hardest things to do because you don't want the melody to stand out too much. I especially have trouble finding synth sounds that work well as melody parts. On the one hand, you don't want to make the synth sound so crazy that it draws extra attention to itself, but on the other hand, if it's too bland it might also draw attention to itself by feeling too low-key. In my track, I ended up using a synth lead that had a lot of character, but not too much high-end. In one of my iterations, I also added another synth part, but after taking a break and coming back to it, I realized it was way too attention-grabbing. Here's what it sounded like. I decided to cut that synth and replace it with a minimal guitar part. After I was pretty satisfied with the mix, I sent it to my friend Tyler Thole for feedback. He's an excellent producer who you might remember from Composer Quest episode 87. He had one idea for my track, which was to add an acoustic drum kit to enhance the energy shift around 10 seconds in. He mentioned that's something he would often do at the commercial music studio he worked at. So I gave it a shot and tried adding some acoustic drums. Since I wasn't totally satisfied with the one drum sound, I decided to use two different drum kits panned left and right. Here's the first. Here's the second drum set. 
And here they are together. I'm guessing this technique would probably be frowned upon by professional music producers, but sometimes you just have to trust your ear. I'm really curious to see how other composers approach this challenge. I'm not too hopeful about my odds, since I'm not sure if my track really qualifies as indie pop, dreamy, electro, or ambient, but oh well, it was fun to make. So before I play the final mix once more, I should mention that you can find all of my production lessons as their own podcast, Charlie's Music Production Lessons, on iTunes, Stitcher, whatever podcast app you use, or you can download them directly at composerquest.com cmpl. Thanks for listening, and here's my final track, codenamed Dreamy Synth Pop. Thank you.